Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. So today we're going to be talking about Beyond the Ruby Veil by Mara Fitzgerald. Um, I have to say this one was a bit of a letdown. I was really looking forward to it. I did get an advanced reader's copy from the publisher. So this is one of those novels, you know, that I was looking forward to. Unfortunately, um, it just failed to really capture my attention. It, it was really a struggle for me to finish this novel, and I'll explain why. Um, the biggest issue for me is the title and that opening chapter. In the opening chapter, she really does reference the veil that covers her, you know, the, the ruby veil that covers her sky, you know, of her, her town. So she references that a lot. So it makes me think when I'm starting the story that there is some mystery to this ruby veil. And I'm sure there is a mystery to this ruby veil that Fitzgerald does plan on exploring in her second novel. But in this novel, I think she makes the reader think that the story is going to be about that when it's not. Uh, it's really mentioned in passing a lot of the time and it really does fail to really capture my attention because I keep thinking in the back of my head this story is about the ruby veil this story is about the ruby veil that's what is in the back of my head every time I picked up this novel to read it sorry I'm kind of multitasking at the moment, putting away groceries, making myself coffee, so you're going to have to forgive me for a lot of the background noise. In any case, I had that nagging in the back of my head, beyond the ruby veil. The story is about this veil. Yes and no it is, but it really just is background noise for the reader, and I think it does serve as unfortunately a bit of a distraction because the story is about much more than that you know it does deal with a lot of complex things like power and abuse self-harm sexism it does deal with a lot of these big topics however i think they get overshadowed because the story does lack some depth to it as well. I, I wasn't really captivated and I think a very short story like this, because it, it is very short and God did, this is now I picked it up, I'm like oh I can read this in two days. It, it took me much longer than two days uh, mainly because I didn't really want to read it in the end. You know about a quarter of the way through I was kind of getting bored. Even though it's a really fast-paced story I think that's detrimental to this novel because you have such fast pace, but there's no depth to it. There is no, there's a lot of mystery, there is some intrigue, yes, but there, it lacks depth to the story. Once again, you know, it, it is a little bit distracting. It was distracting for me to read this novel and think, oh, it's about, you know, this ruby veil. And then it kind of segues and goes away from that. So that was distracting for me as a reader. And hopefully my reviews, 
my reviews enlighten you enough that you can pick up this novel and you'll enjoy it a little bit more, especially if you are part of the LGBTQ community. This novel has a lot of LGBTQ representation, which I thought was great. I do think there does need to be more LGBTQ uh, representation in novels, especially as a bisexual woman myself. I really do think that this community should be explored more, represented more, and I really do think it's great that we are seeing it more in literature. So I always like to uh, make that announcement when there are LGBT, LGBTQ representation in the novel. I really do want to enlighten my readers to... I, I encourage them to pick up these books. That's what I'm kind of I'm trying to say. But despite this LGBTQ representation, I feel like the author at times kind of fails it. And the reason being is because, you know, like I said, the pacing is kind of, it, the pacing is very fast. I normally love fast-paced stories because it keeps the energy going, keeps the story going. But it lacks depth, and the characterization is really where it lacks depth because Emanuela is horrible. I liked her when she was alone. She is this very fierce woman. Uh, she is very resilient. She is a go-getter. She doesn't let people stand in her way. She's very stubborn. I think her greatest fault is she doesn't listen. She thinks her ideas are the best. And as you read this novel, you're going to discover her ideas are not the best. Her ideas are kind of the worst. She makes everything worse. And I do like this part of the novel. I do like how by the end she is learning to see that there are ramifications for the things that she just kind of does. She doesn't really think, she just acts because she thinks she knows best. That's not true. And you, she finally gets to realize that at the end of the novel. When I didn't like her, it was when she was with her best friend, Alessandro. First of all, I'm not Alessandro's biggest fan, and it's not because of his characterization, it's because of his dialogue. Fitzgerald uses a lot of ellipses when they are talking, or when he's talking, and it's every time, and it's so annoying. I just wanted to smack him and be like, please just get a sentence out. It's not like this other novel I'm reading where the main character has a stutter. I like that. I can read that. You get the stutter with the hyphens, you know, not ellipses. So you're understanding what's going on. The ellipses are mainly to highlight this character's self-doubt. He does have a lot of self-doubt, but Alessandra, I found it hard to believe that they were best friends because she treats him so horribly. I, gosh, I wish she had treated him better because I mean, they're supposed to be best friends, and I just found that relationship, you know, unbelievable. He was more just like the sidekick, sidekick person that she was stuck with, and now she just orders him around. He does have a lot of good ideas, and she just doesn't listen to him. And you really do get to see the shift in, the, in their dynamic at the end when he finally stands up to her. Finally, a sentence, no ellipses. I think that's what the author was kind of going for. I think it's just a pet peeve of mine, the overuse of ellipses in dialogue. But I think 
the author did get her point across because she's showing how he lets Emanuela walk all over him and then at the end when he's talking without any pauses or fluster he puts her in her place and it really is a eye-opening moment for Emanuela so this is why I say I hate her and I like her I hate her when she's in scenes with other people. I can't stand her. I think she's a spoiled, stubborn, self-centered little, ugh. And then when she's by herself, you really do get to see her resilience. You get to see more of her inner narrative, which explores more her, her as a character even more. I just wanted a little bit more of that. I wanted some more depth for her character because I think that's what this novel lacks and why I wasn't really able to connect to the story or connect to the, st to the characters because I felt like there was a lack of depth here. Uh, it's not to say that it seems superficial, there's, there's some depth, but it's not explored to its full extent. So there was this wall between me and the story, unfortunately. Which, you know, uh, you know that, that kind of disappointed me cause, just because I expected more. And the ending, I do think the ending was good. It did leave me a little unfulfilled, but it left me unfulfilled in a good way because I am now, I need to read the second novel because I need to see how the story is going to play out. I need to know this mystery of the Ruby Veil. Like I need to know about these cities and why they're separated. I I need to know it, you know? So I think if an author leaves you wanting to read more of their work, I think they did do a good job in the end. So yes, uh, this was an okay novel, not my favorite, but it did in the end leave me wanting to read the second one, even though I wasn't thrilled with this, but in this novel as a whole, I do think it does have a very solid ending. It has a very solid beginning. And it has a very solid ending. It's just everything in the middle that was lackluster for me. You know, as a short story, very fast paced, it just lacked depth for me. It lacked compelling characterization. And that about sums it up for me. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to read the second novel. So I'll leave you with that. Um, <laughs> this was Beyond the Ruby Veil by Mara Fitzgerald. I give it three stars. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it three stars. If you want to purchase the book, I recommend purchasing it off of bookshop.org because a percentage of all proceeds do go to supporting local booksellers. If you are hesitant about the book after this review, I do recommend checking it out from your local library. I'm never not going to recommend a book because we all have different tastes. And I do hope a lot of my expectations, you kind of go in with your, with a little knowledge so that you'll enjoy it a little bit more. You know, I tell you what I didn't like and you'll see it. You're already gonna be aware of it. So I think you'll enjoy the novel a little bit more than I did. And I hope you will continue to support Sin's Workshop by liking this podcast and sharing it with all your friends. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm -hmm.